You're tuning in to Pastar Prime, a show powered by Squad Locker. Here are your hosts, retired Astros minor league star Tip Fairchild and former Patriots All-Pro Center Dan Copen. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the program. Pastar Prime, episode 13. Tip thought we should switch or just move past episode 13 because... Mm. Oh, I'm not a superstitious you know, some, superstition, person. But some, yeah. uh, you know, elevators, hotel floors yeah. are, don't have that no... 13th row, aisle no, in, a, in, in an airplane. So, right? yep. uh, our super producer, Max, said it's not possible by... iTunes. Why? We're not doing it. Okay. Like, subscribe, rate, good. review while we're at it at Pastar <clears throat> Prime Show. I'm Tip. He's Dan. Look at you. Getting in there. That's, I like that's it. what you normally like say, it. but I like that. We I got like some we got that. we got some things to come oh, we to get do. to. Oh we do. And uh but first last week Tip shared with everybody his three biggest fears. Mm, I did. One was spiders. Which is I have arachnophobia. <laughs> like you can't even like when I watch when I turn on the TV <laughs> at night and it's just playing. The only movie that ever comes on when I wake up in the middle of the night, it's like arachnophobia is on. It's like always on. John Candy? Oh, John Candy? I, no, I won't even watch a second of it. Being fat, yep. which you're trying Looking to work fat. on. Right? Looking fat. Being fat is okay. And cold <laughs> water. Yeah, and cold water. Which you're going to get next week. Maybe. We'll see. So, I mean, we're, we're, we're flirting with like the trifecta right now. Well, so, la- yesterday, we were with the wives. And Tip expressed these mm-hmm. fears to everybody. Well, <laughs> lo and behold. <laughs> you found something. My wife is sitting in bed last night, and mm-hmm. she's on Facebook or whatever, and then she just literally screams and jumps out of the bed. And I, it makes me jump, too, because I don't know what the hell is going on. Mm-hmm. So I jump a little bit, and then she shows me, which I know something's coming, so I don't mm-hmm. jump at that. But what's her first reaction? What's her first thought? So somehow she thought send, of me. <laughs> send, send, send this to Tip. I, so uh, it, let me explain it, I, from here. Yeah, it was, I just sent it on a Facebook message yeah. to Tip. It was like, I just said, get a load of this shit or something yeah. like that. Ah, uh, you got me. So and now you can, yeah, I, so, I, I, I wanted to be a fly on that wall. Yeah. And I just wanted to watch it. Or what I should have done, we should have called your wife yeah i said record and hey just yeah pop in there. i feel like this is going to happen again so that'll, that'll, you'll have plenty of time for that but he sends me a thing it's, it has a mask i open it up I, i'm i'm watching the video and i'm just you know super calm relaxed i'm like sitting on the couch and this spider like jumps out at you at the end like kind of like those videos where a baseball like somebody foul tips a baseball and it hits a screen and it, like makes you jump when i say that i jumped <laughs> it was a <laughs> It was like one of those where I thought the thing was legit real. Like my phone went flying. I, it, like it was bad. I did like the karate chop move. I was like, get away. Like, you know, it was scary. So the you best got part me. is I was just texting. I was just texting you. I was like, hey, check your Facebook. Amber found something. And then you texted back on the Facebook. Yeah. I was like, you're hunt. We laughed about we laughed uh, about that for probably about a good 45 minutes. Yeah, I was. Just random, random laughing in bed out loud. Hey, of was, thinking of what was I'm happening. I'm glad I could help. That was, I mean, that scared me half to death for if sure was, if it was a snake i would have jumped yeah snake it okay. snake is my spider thing i have a story max oh geez do tell dan and i we both you know we belong at, at nice nice golf courses nice country clubs we play and we go and we go to a simulator and have a good time yesterday evening 
Um, we're leaving. We check in with our names, right? Dan has a name. I have a name. You know, check in with the name. The attendant there uh, I know in the know. bag room or in the, you know, one of the, one of the, one of the pros, the assistant pros, like one of the, one of the kids working there this summer. Probably the intern. Know, year, you know, intern, whatever it is. So comes out. So at the end, we're leaving. He says, hey, are you Tip from Maine? You know, by the way, Dan Copen's name is on the list. You know, my name's on the, He goes, are you Tip from Maine? I was like, yeah, yeah. So come from Maine. He's like, yeah, you play, you play for the Astros. Like this thing gave the whole song and dance. All right. <laughs> gave the whole song and dance. Meanwhile, dad's with me. Couldn't have worked out better. Max. It was, you know, it was the star aspect. It was like, you know, like it's, it just, it, I just, felt so good. I, I'm glad you felt good. I felt because great. I felt great for you. <laughs> And I felt it great was, for me because that's perfect. just that's how I that's how I want to live. You want to live? Low I just want to. I just want to go. I want to hit some golf balls yep. and I want to go home. I just thought it was an hilarious I'm turn glad, of events. I'm glad. And it was a big turn hey, of events. Max, just for your uh, reference, he's not a professional baseball player. So going to one of his camps that he said he went oh, to, yeah, it yeah, didn't really yeah, work yeah, out we well go. for him. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's so, true. And I'm sure might, you got that all the time. I yes. tell you, though, he might it. he might be a professional golfer, though. He looks like a stick. So we're going to have to bring <laughs> him out he's and much play. much better than us. So that, that, was the, you know, that was the last couple of days for us. This is the technology episode, though. So we got a lot of technology. And we got KD for the inner circle and really any circle Mm -hmm. other than that. He goes by KD, Kevin Davidson uh, from Baseball Cloud, who's a good friend of yours. Yeah, I played played with him with the Astros. He's a baseball cloud. Now he went from from baseball to finance. He was working with a lot of the guys, you know, as as money manager and then got into the data side of analytics, which couldn't have been at a better time. They're in 24 out of 30-something teams in the MLB, mm-hmm. tons of NCAA stuff. So we got a cool interview with him, and it's really taking, like, you know, all this technology that we see. And you're, it's going to change the way that you're watching baseball games with, you know, it could even be based on betting. You're going to see spin rates and all this stuff. They have ball R that just dropped. So we'll, we'll get into the interview with it. But technology is massive right now in a lot of things. You know, the golf simulator game, right? I mean, <clears throat> how great is that to be able to do it's in awesome. the winter when you live up here? It's incredible. When, it's getting uh, better and better. How many years have they been doing that? I, I, I mean, I think there was early technology with this stuff that, you know, you hit into a screen and you would just see different flight, right? Right. Like you'd see flight, you'd no distances. But now it's like, I mean, you go play a golf course. Oh, and there's a <laughs> lot of them too. Oh, yeah. We it's played like, Mirfield. We did. We didn't do very good. We did not. We uh, got I, Some of that wasn't our fault. No. I, it, when you're, they have the track man behind it, yeah. right? And yep. it, I don't know if that was dialed in correctly. You can check it's, the Instagram oh, I mean, thing. The swing is not where I put it, it up should on, be right I put now. it up on the Instagram. You guys can check it, it was, out. Well, actually, it, it was a story, so we'll repost that, Max. It's the first <laughs> swing in a long time. By the way, though, you look skinny. <laughs> that's the goal right there. <laughs> you look skinny. <laughs> that's the we, goal. I think we both look skinny up there uh, because we <laughs> were – where's the mile count, Max? Do you have the mile count? Do you want to do that now or do you want to wait? Uh, well, well, let's – Let's tease Let's it. just say it. Yeah. Let's just say it, and then we'll come back into it. It's February. It's right around. It's February 23rd. This will yeah. be released on the 25th. I still have plenty so. of time. You don't, um, have, you don't have plenty of time. As of today, February mm-hmm. 23rd at 2.36 p.m. when we're recording, our numbers are Dan. Mm. <laughs> you know, our, our numbers are tip mm-hmm. 768.2. It's a lot of miles. 768.2 miles. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's a lot of miles. That's a I lot mean, of miles. that's a ton of miles for, <laughs> for anybody that doesn't my, know. My motto this whole month was every mile counts. Yep. Okay. And then Dan's. I just wait. I just mm-hmm. want to see the face. Dan's is 957.4. Yeah. 957. It's <laughs> yeah, it's a big number. It's going to be. 43 miles short of 1,000. Well, I mean, at the pace that I'm at, which is say I go 18 miles an hour, right? Could be higher sometimes on some different rides. Could be slightly lower, but usually 18, I would say. Mm-hmm. I have uh, nine hours. <laughs> nine and a half hours. Uh, and Dan has a nine and a half hour head start. <laughs> when I'm still. Pedaling. Yeah, while he's still going. He is a worthy competitor. I've said this before on the show. It is going to be tough, but I, I'm i never out of the fight. I'm never out of the fight, Max. Until I'm mathematically eliminated, I'm not out of the fight. See, you say that, but there's been chink, er, chinks yeah, in your armor. Yeah, definitely. There has been. On Sunday, mm-hmm. just, just give you an example. Yeah. On Sunday, I said, I'm going to try and break break you. To my mm-hmm. wife. I was like, I'm yeah. going to try and break them today. So I went on in the morning yep. and got my miles on. Mm-hmm. And then I saw, uh, I actually went somewhere and then came back. I was like, I'm going back on the bike. Mm-hmm. And I think I was on the bike I got on you. with you. I got I, on with I, you. I challenged but, you the whole day. But the the f- when you can video chat on the bikes, mm-hmm. that was a look of defeat by you. When you popped up so and you like, you, it was basically like, I can't believe you're on here right now. I thought yeah, I, I was going to catch. Something. I thought I was going to grab like 15 miles right then, and then ride again that night and keep, uh, you know, just keep the pace on. He's not going to break me though. That comment, he's not going to. Cold. I'll go till the end. You're going to you're going to go into cold water. That's where. The yeah, end is. I'm not necessarily looking forward to that if that is the case. But it's I'm never fight. out of the fight. It's a fair fight. Yep, it's a fair fight. Well, it's not a fair Every- fight, but it's fine. Oh, now, now the excuses come no, out. No, now, it's not. Hey. No, I mean, so, I mean. Oh, no, hey, I just get a no. Peloton. Hey, I want to ride. Yeah, yeah every mile. Let's do, it. Let's do a mileage challenge. And, and then you're the one who sets the bet on jumping in the ocean. I'm just the one. So, okay, let's just, do it. You're tough. You're a tough competitor. There's no question. So, But next time he goes to the golf simulator, the guy's going to be like, hey, your tip. You're the guy that jumped into the ocean. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That could, that could be my bigger claim to fame. How, Absolutely. how cold was it? It was uh, I will tell you that when I just left the office yesterday, I went outside and just got in my car and I was like, Whoa. <laughs> I gave like a verbal and it was like 38. It's not even that cold. And then I was like, imagine if I didn't have any clothes on right now. And then I was like, imagine if I had to be in the water. <laughs> there was a lot of things going on that I was nervous about. So for the record, the, the water temperature at Narragansett Town Beach Day is 39 degrees. Oh, oh it's I coming up. Hoping, I was hoping, no, it's, it's coming not up. coming up. <laughs> coming up. <laughs> what are you talking about? It's coming yeah, up. I thought it would have been 35. Okay. Damn it. 40, it's going to be cold. It's going to be cold. Speaking of the golf, I mean, living up here in the Northeast, for for us, mm-hmm. there was never a place to go in the winter. So the yeah. fact that you can go to these places, now they're coming out with bars. Oh, yeah. They're, I mean, this it's all over the place. It's it's great to be able to swing. It's It's not. It's not my favorite to, like, hit off mats, but it's not terrible. It's no. great. So like you're you're Especially able to do it, you're able to swing, swing exactly three so months or whatever it is. It's now. coming up more and more. The technology is outrageous. You know the, you know we're in the technology space with Squad Locker. So like we like how this world is shifting to be like, hey, you're doing this on your phone. You know, we're sh- Squad Locker. We're shipping direct to home. We're making it easier for people to buy uniforms. They're making it easier for people to golf. We get the Whoop Band. I. Yes. So Dan bought the Whoop Band. I did. Immediately sent me his referral code link. Like, get me a free month. Buy it's, this thing. If it's, if it's free, I want three. Yeah. <laughs> so, no doubt. So I got it. Um, mine's not in yet. 
This is kind of like the. Is this going to take you eight know, weeks, I like mean, the Peloton, or no, 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 no. I think it took about five, okay, seven good. days. Perfect. No, it, I actually got it when you talked about it, but I got it specifically mm-hmm. for this challenge because yeah, I want to know what the recovery is. I want to yeah. know what the strain is, it's, and and I, you know, I like. I like technology, right? Yeah. Like the yeah. Bluetooth or whatever. I got a great watch. I want one sign got, in for everything, but besides that, yeah. That's that's why yeah, but that's why you just use the same password yeah, right over and over. And over well then you wouldn't get hacked, then somebody has your yeah. entire life. Yeah. But yeah, I got you. That they, if they if they want the entire life, they password probably, they one, probably, two, three. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of an idiot yeah. has that? <laughs> so I got a Garmin uh, with the Garmin Phoenix, like six X mm-hmm. watch. Love the watch. Used to change into a nicer watch when I went out or whatever. Mm-hmm. Now I just leave this on all the time. But it's kind of bulky, right? It does yep. the heart rate, does the steps. If you're, you know, working out, whether you're in water or on land, you're good to go. Yoga doesn't really matter. And it does the sleep, I think, but mm-hmm. it's so bulky. And when you're in bed, Yo, that's you know what I mean? It just, wrist. like, yeah. it gets caught, caught on the pillow. Pillow, sheet, comforter. No. I'm a side guy. No, I can't. My back. My back. So is, you lay on your back? No, I can't lay on my back or else my wife will just absolutely. Oh, the saw and the logs. Th- th- yeah. Occasionally there's some there's some snoring going <laughs> yeah. on, you know, maybe more so after a few beverages. Yeah, gotcha. Um, so mainly mm-hmm. a side sleeper. Lower back, not good. Mm-hmm. Um, and shoulders, you know, my arms and mm. hands go numb at some point if I'm on my back or on my stomach. So side sleeper, but I usually mm-hmm. end up on my back. She ends up throwing pillows and yeah, shoes and shit it. at me mm-hmm. um so you got but the, I got the watch yeah. the watch is great i love the watch but i wanted the sleep component because she's mm. a big fitbit person and like checks her sleep like yeah, oh i got the stats and she's not a very good sleeper which is which is a problem and you know we hope that gets better mm-hmm. but sleep score if i'm going to be at my peak yeah performance 85 percent whatever it is yeah, yeah. yeah. I, whatever it is i need it this month so oh, I did yeah. it. I pulled the trigger, mm-hmm. and I love it. Yeah, I, I'm excited to get mine because I'm I'm interested to increase my sleep. Like I want to understand. Like I'm a six hour person. I, I usually have been, but maybe I'm a seven hour person. Maybe I'm an eight hour person. I got to figure this out a little bit more because I want to see. Well, what my based on your is. The, ba- the 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 good thing about this thing is it's based on your activity right. and recovery. So. Let's say, I mean, I think for the WHOOP numbers, let's say anywhere from 10 to a Mm 14.9. That's a moderate to heavy workload for the day, right? We're in this challenge. I've been pedaling two to three hours a day. Yeah. Every day. (laughs) (laughs) It's terrible. The last, I mean, I've only had it going for five days now or whatever. Everyone's been like 14.9, 14.9 or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's It's been high. It's been strenuous. Mm-hmm. So today I actually got, now it's calculated in my sleep. It takes like three or four days for your sleep to sort of catch on to you. Yep. Now it's like, okay, you've been working at 14.9 strain. Mm-hmm. Now is the day to sort of back off a little yeah, bit. It, it tells you what you want to which shoot is, for. Which is wild that it does that. I don't know how it works. Again, I don't know how. Just want you to know, did KD's I back off? program Did works. I back off? Oh, you didn't back off. No, no. Yeah. I did one more mile than you did last night. I know. That's what sucks about this whole <laughs> challenge because I can't catch up to him because he does it during the day, and then I try to run him down at night, and then he starts again in the morning, and then I usually try to start a little bit in the morning, but he goes longer, so it's not working, but I'm I'm never out of the fight. So You're out of the fight. Um, technology, though. 
so we're through a few things. We did golf simulators. We did whoop. We got KD's thing. We got squad locker. We get all this stuff. Um, I'm also watching Game of Thrones to go back to an area, an age how that was there was that? no how's, technology. Yeah, how is that right? technology? No, that's what I'm saying. There's no technology there, but it's amazing that I'm able to watch this though while riding the Peloton. And well, what I was thinking, pedaling slow. What I was thinking was, you know, what if we lived in those times? Was that a real time? And, yes. and like, I'm confused still. There's a lot of characters. Max is a huge Game of Thrones person. He doesn't even watch TV. Dan told me I had to watch it. You have to. He's like, you have to. I was not into it the first three episodes. It's bloody. It's gory. There's a lot going on. Now I'm a, now I'm kind of addicted to it. So I'm going to oh, blow you, through you it. Have to. Max, did you watch it? Yeah, just live? stop it. Epi- did you, at do you watch seven. it live or did you binge it? I got caught up at, at season five. Okay. Yeah. Was there seven or eight? Eight, but so eight I, we we caught it. We seven was going on. So we binged till seven and then watched the last one live. Actually, timing wise for us, it worked out pretty good. Well, and there's a lot of good quotes in this thing, is, which is I'm a quote person too. I write them down. Good. I actually slack them to myself. I'm slack, another technology bought by Salesforce, another great technology. Technology episode. Lots you're, of big things going on. You're the guy on. who comes in here and is like, hey, yep. use this video camera, use Let's, this tripod. <laughs> that's, a tripod's not technology. Oh, hey, you, you. set up this room. They said uh, when you play the Game of Thrones, you either win or you die. There's no middle ground. And I just changed the word Game of Thrones to the Game of Peloton. Yeah. <laughs> you're already dead, though. That's what's happening. So, and dead, then you said, come way. back dead with your walking. shield or on it from that's, 300. From so, 300. That's a good yeah. one. But that's, that's what I'm watching now. There's a lot going on with that. Dan, I, ha- I do have a surprise for you I'd like to show you. Show you real time live. Um, live. I'm going to show it to you live. So you can maybe mo- remove one headphone. I do have a, um, I, you know, you can listen. What and, head- and we'll play it. Technology. What headphones do you like? Uh, well, the Beats Pro working out, and then I use the Bose Seven Hundred C for the office. That incredible noise canceling. Yeah, yeah. Technology. We but should. When somebody, how calls many things you- are we going to be able to tag in this episode, Max? Like, we, this is free ad <laughs> city right now. But when I want to, uh, when I want to get, see, this is messed up. This is so messed up. We have a guest coming up probably next week. Peloton instructor. It's going to be after you go um, in. The, it, whenever we can't yeah. do the first, we were going to do the first. My daughter's birthday is the, yeah. the first. Probably so we the can't second. do that. I'm going to be a good dad. Mm-hmm. But whenever we can get him on, it's going to be after you go in the water. I oh, okay, that's a good idea. I like right. that. This um, is messed up. I ha- he has a message for you, and I'm going to play it for you live right now. So you have you to uh, tell us who it is. Yeah, well, it's yeah. Christian Vandevelt, right? Yeah. Is he say is it E at the end? Vandevelt. Vandevelt. Okay. Pro cyclist, Peloton instructor, Tour on the France. postal team, Tour de France, yeah. like as high class of a cyclist covered, as you possibly can be. He's an, he's an analyst on NBC. Analyst on NBC. Yeah, for cycling. He had a special. So he's, he's a friend of mine. Friend you, of Dan's. And you did this. <laughs> and then I and then I just sieged the castle here. <laughs> like I'm in Game of Thrones mode. Dan, I know you've been in this challenge. It's the February mile challenge. And now I hear that you just been doing low impact. You see, so you're just kind of sandbagging. You're pussyfooting around a little bit, dude. That's that's not your style. You can't be just into it. I know you're competitor and all that, but you got to do a little intensity here and there. You know, just going around, chilling at 200 watts or 150, whatever you're doing, just hours and hours and power and hours. It's not gonna get you anywhere, buddy. Go and do some high impact rides. Go and push yourself once in a while. You feel better for it, bro. Come on, you're already in the lead. You don't, you, don't have to, you don't have to win by hundreds of miles. You just have to win by like a mile. That's all that really counts. Look forward to speaking to you very soon. Can't wait for the podcast, dude. 
Looking forward. Miss you, buddy. And owe you a beer. Take care. How much did he charge you for that? Well, I, hope, I, 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 hope he, I hope he charged you $1,000 for that. It wasn't that expensive, but... Christian, what, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for the message, but this is about miles. Yeah. Miles. And if you want to talk about what you did last night, all right, this is bullshit. I, Let's go. I know. All right. He, an easy ride. Right, tip? Yeah. Tip did 70 minutes last night. Yeah. He did 20 miles. Yeah. I was going easy. I was, I, was, I was cruising. 70 minutes equals an hour and 10 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I should have done 24 miles probably. But I was, I was taking You were my watching time. Game of Thrones. That's I was. You were, yeah, I was you were doing low 40, impact. You were doing your, you I just wanted miles. I was, but, I did, you know. I did a 10. I did, <laughs> what was that? I did, I, oh, this that morning, I did a 10 minute warm up. I did a 30 minute sweat steady with mm. uh, Jess King, by the way. I heard that's hard. Holy shit. Yeah, I heard that's hard. I was drenched yeah. after yeah, 10 that's... minutes of it with the warm up and all that stuff. That thing is nonstop. That's not low impact. That was tough. Okay. And then I did a 10-minute low impact mm-hmm. <laughs> just to get a few more miles. And then I did a cool down. 21 miles in 60 minutes. Yeah. I, if I do the hard rides, it's exactly what happens, too. When, I, last night, when, I had to when, go easy. When we have gone head-to-head. You've beat me. Every time. No, we haven't done it, though, in about 10 days, and I know I'm feeling pretty strong. Yeah, I'd like to go. You just told me out. You just told me outside. You might ride ten miles tonight because your legs hurt so much. (laughs) My legs do hurt right now. But I, I, you know what? When you get on there, there's a couple things. You have the, there's the the legs feed the wolves. That's a quote from the miracle. (laughs) (laughs) These legs are getting built, and like I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm gonna outskate him. I hope you wear your three inch inseam, (laughs) short shorts, swim swim trunks (laughs) prevents on March second. Yeah. It's coming. In the Atlantic Ocean. It's coming. Um, that's, that's messed up that you that you've got the I cameo the from Christian. How much you how much you pay for it? I can't tell. They can, how much can, how no, much of that did you, you write? I wrote a chunk of it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wrote a chunk of it. I did Just write a, a chunk little of it. small piece. But I thought it was perfect. Um I did look for Kendall. She's not on cameo. We need to get her on cameo because like that is all timer, Max. We needed we need to somehow make that happen. That'll be Cameo great. not past our prime? No, cameo the app. You know, no. well, we he just, her he just wants something personal. He wants something personal. Yeah, I, I, we get her on an interview. That'd be great. I mean, that'd be a, that'd be a great podcast guest. Um, we do have a team of the week. Oh, we'll cover it at the just end. Just on Christian, us. though. Yeah, if you've done, I've done a bunch of his. I'm rides. about to do a ride of his tonight. Oh, dude, get ready. They're not that high rated. They're they're like not. They are. Nine. They are tough. Like yeah. when you like the the uh, he wears his actual biking stuff. Sometimes I saw like on a he, flat. He flat. wears no like the zip like the shirt. Oh like yeah, the tight shirt. Oh, sometimes he does. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. And then he, wear, he then he wears the Peloton. And then when he's on the off. flat road or whatever, it's like up to 90 and whatever it is. Oh. There's like no rest. I'm not looking forward it's to it. I'm going to do one tonight. I'll do one tonight. You might get more than 10 miles and then tonight. Well, we'll see. Well, you, you need I'm 190. So I'll catch you. Keep going. Um, team of the week coming up after the episode. Stay tuned for that. We got a nice one again. The KD episode is what I'm calling this one. Kevin Davidson, technology master with baseball. I don't know how. But, I mean, this guy's got his business that they're doing that is going to change how you watch oh, the game. And spring training. I mean, yeah. Spring training started, so it's perfect time. Yeah, We're going to start smashing. Pitchers and catchers are uh, yep. down there. Yep. Mike King, is who we had as an interview on, I just saw he's down there with the Yankees. Does that, doing his does that like, get you excited for the uh, season? I like it. I like when it's cool when people start talking about people reporting. It's one of the times of the year that I feel, like, bad about not playing. There's only two times. Oh, my this God. This time. Th- th- I mean, th- 
completely different yeah, opposite for training opposites. camp no because spring training is great it's like you're going back you're down in florida you're especially <laughs> especially when you live in like a cold area place right yeah you're going down to florida you're Where bringing golf clubs is it in florida yeah we were in Kissimmee. they're in west palm now okay so you go down you're gonna stay you know you you're gonna see all your buddies again. You're gonna go play golf every day. You're gonna work out. Like it's like, hey, I'm back. I remember going down there and just being like a ghost because I'd be up in Maine for the the yeah. whole winter or Is it whatever. Like baseball summer camp. It's uh yeah yeah for grown men yeah yeah for grown men sounds like a fun time yeah so like but then I'd go out there and run in the outfield and my calves the first week would would be so burnt that it would, it would feel like they were gonna explode. They'd just be like as red no, as these these squares behind us. No sunscreen. And then you, no, you put it on, but still, like I mean, you're out there all day, and I'm I've been stuck in Maine in the winter. Poor, <laughs> it's poor, like your skin's baby. not ready. Oh, you've so, been out there all day. Yeah. So spring training, uh, the KD interview coming up. Team of the week after technology episode. <laughs> you love the word. Let's go to the you interview. Just, you love the word. Yeah. Let's go to the interview. Okay, our guest today. Six-year career, six and a half, right? I guess we could call it six and a half-year career with the Astros. Six and a half, might as well round up to seven. We'll round up to seven. 28th round out of Rollins College. Now, one of the most tech-savvy people that I know with baseball, which is wild to think because he's an all-time clubhouse guy, we've got Kevin Davidson today. So, KD, what's going on? We're calling you KD because I think that's what we've called you forever. What's happening? How are you doing? What's up, guys? Uh, not much. I appreciate you guys having me on. It's uh, it's good to be on. I've, I've been watching for since, since you guys started this whole deal. And, it's pretty popular. Uh, it was, it, 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 it's pretty it's popular. Wild. Right you're now. you're you're one of the nine people that's been tuning in. So we appreciate that. And uh, so what you know, you're doing is going to get a lot of attention right now. Oh yeah, tons of attention. And and you know we expect you to you know push this to your network because it could be larger than ours. You know that's uh, I'm sure it is. I, ideally, right? So we've got some stuff for you here, KD. Um, like I mentioned, you know, you're a big-time clubhouse guy, played for a bunch. We played together. Uh, never on the same team, Dan, right? So, But I do have a story to start us off, okay? And you, you're not going to remember this, but I, somebody like me would, all right? So 2007, I blow my elbow in half, right? Yep. Come back, spring training next year, starting to throw off the mound in spring training. First bullpen I threw back, you know, again, 65 miles an hour, 75 miles an hour at this time, was the KD. I remember specifically because I was like, I knew I didn't feel great yet. It was early, early on, early on, coming off of Tommy John. Something about your glove, though. You're a big pop guy. You know, like something about the glove. The ball's not going very fast to him, but it's like hitting the mitt like real well. Bang, snap. I come out of that bullpen. I'm like, man, I'm throwing like 95 miles an hour. So I remember that about you, KD, and I know. I, I mean, Can you, we we were around the same time playing playing through the minor leagues and everything, but we never were on the same team. But that that specific bullpen, I was like, this guy's got to catch me because I know that I didn't have a lot of gas in the tank. But man, was he was he popping that mitt? Can you can you can you do that to a mitt? Do something oh, to make yeah. it to make that sound? Oh, tell us. No, about I it. mean it's. I wouldn't say you do something to it, but you got to remember, I'm I'm five foot seven. I was a twenty eighth rounder. So the last thing I am is a prospect. So when you, when you're a kind of guy like me going to pro bowl, you got to be able to dominate the things that you can dominate. So for me, receiving and catching a ball where I gave the pitcher confidence and uh, really presented the ball well, and 
I took a lot of pride in that because you know I could take all the pride I wanted to in hitting, but it wouldn't have mattered. A big, you know, you're a big, um, yeah, yeah, you're a big pat on the ass guy. If somebody was going to yeah. say, hey, you know, who gave you the best pat on the ass? Guarantee it's KD. Good pat on the ass guy. No, no hey, those, those guys stick around a little bit. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. And and the other thing with catchers, and you guys were always up in big league camp all the time during that time because they always needed bodies up there. And I know that people like throwing to you. So you were up there. I mean, most of the time that I was in, in camp, KD, which was from, I got drafted in 05, so a couple years after you. And you were you were always up up in uh, with the big boys. You know, uh, catching Oswald, Clemens, like all those guys, and they were there. Is that is that accurate? Yeah, that was that was probably one of the many perks of being a catcher because you know you were you were always that extra body, and they you know in big league camp they can never have too many bodies behind the plate catching. Um, I remember my first invite to big league camp. I was all excited and I was fired up, and you just get to be around the guys, and it was always a cool experience. And you know, ultimately, you realize that you're just like the third string bullpen catcher. So you're like, all right, this sucks. But then you get the meal money for the day. And then moving forward, you're just excited <laughs> because when you get that big league, big league meal money for the day, you're going to be set for the week. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I remember when I got, I went to, I spent the whole uh, spring training in 2017 in big league camp. And I made more money in big league camp than I did my entire season mm-hmm. just in spring training. Yep. So yeah. Uh, What's I, the I per day? What, what was it? Well, this is where Dan, this is where Dan and I are different, right? I mean, the per diem, you know, in the NFL, like, these guys get all the perks. Uh, they're getting all the stuff. What, what was per diem then? I can't remember when you were in big league camp. It was actually pretty decent where you were like, okay, this is for real. Yeah. Well, well I remember when you used to get per diem in the minor leagues and it was like Perkins or like $8 a day. Oh, or, per, what, uh, no, it was, uh, it was Ponderosa. Um, Ponderosa. Ponderosa. Hey, well, that's a buffet uh, right there. Ponderosa, Red Lobster. You're going to get your money's worth. And then Pollo Loco. Well, that was like yep, across yep. the street from the hotel. <laughs> I will never in my life ever eat at one of those three places again. I mean, I, we, I, I've become scarred living in that place for seven years. Yep. Great food, and it, it served the purpose. But, um, but I, And you get travel money to go to spring training, but I remember – like the travel money to go to spring training in the minor leagues was maybe 150 bucks, 200 bucks. Big league camp, it was like 1600. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's equivalent to like a first round, uh, first class, uh, yeah, first, first class, class round, flight. Round yep. ticket. Yep. Um, and then the meal money, I want to say I could be uh, maybe 120, 130 bucks a day, uh, plus then, then the, the lodging for mm-hmm. it. They, they pay you money to be able to uh, house yourself and get an apartment. Well, I live in Orlando and our spring training was, you know, 45 minutes down the road. Well, I was so poor. I told them I was living somewhere, collected the money, but I was driving 45 minutes an hour every day to spring training. Cause, yep. but staying at my, like my buddy's couch. We, we all camp. played that game. We all played that game. I remember getting oh, yeah. travel money to drive to Corpus Christi one time and being like, I'm just going to save this. I'm going to sleep in my truck tonight. <laughs> All day. <laughs> like, All drive, day. like going from Florida, I'd like I remember stopping at like the like there was a there was a, a riverboat casino in like, you know, LaBerge or something wherever it was. I remember just like stopping in the parking lot and being like, I only need to sleep for like four hours, so I'm just gonna crash in the car. So we've been in the same place. We've saved a lot of we saved a lot of those uh, travel money and meal money uh, dollars that were sent to us for sure. There's definitely an art to it. Oh yeah, yep. who's the one guy in camp, or I mean, throughout your career that you you just love catching for? Besides Tip, we all we all know. Well, tip's I only one. threw one bullpen. <laughs> he threw probably loved it. He threw sixty five. Yeah, I was lobbing it to him. He was having yeah. that corned beef sandwich, <laughs> waiting for it to come in. Uh, I, I would say the guy that I just loved catching for just he was so nasty. 
Uh, he was very difficult to catch when he wasn't on. He wasn't always on, but I think I caught him. I think looking back, if I had to look at my career, I probably caught him three or four times more than I caught anybody else was Matt Albers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I came up with him. He was a, a four-pitch guy, you know, 94, 97, kind of slung it three quarters. Ball, his two-seam moved better than any two-seam I'd ever seen. His slider was the best slider I'd ever seen. His four-seam fastball was great. And he just pissed with intensity. And mm-hmm. when, when he and I got on the same page and he was dialed in, um, you know, he – uh, you know, he, he was fun to catch. Catching, I mean, he was really, really fun to catch. Catching those guys over and over again, like, do you just know where their pitch is going? And and then on top of that, when it doesn't go there, are you just pissed? <laughs> no, no, that, that's that's what the minor leagues are for. Because in the minor leagues, they're 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 there because they don't know where their pitch is going. But uh, really, you you just tend to know when they're throwing the pitch where they're supposed to, or when they're going to have a day where they're not going to. So when they're not throwing it where they're supposed to, you end up taking on a, a like a hockey goalie mentality. When yep. when they are locked in and they are throwing where they, they need to be, you just get settled in and and it's just you know you put your head down on the ground, you're putting numbers down, you're you're flowing. It, it's it, it's an art. It's it's probably the thing I miss the most about about baseball. I mean, was that art of catching and being in a rhythm with your pitcher and taking pride and you know going to the bench and talking about the next three hitters or talking about his stuff. Um, you know, that, that's the fun part, but you yeah, know, you've definitely got in hockey goalie mode. I had, uh, most of my time I was with either J.R. Tolls. I had Kobe Clemens for a while who caught me a lot, you know, in a lot of games and, and, uh, Lou Santangelo mm-hmm. for a bit. Mac, Mac, so Jeff Macker. So, so Dan, Dan was, I went to and BC, so I went with, BC uh, I went together. To school with Jeff. Yeah. So, but with, with a good catcher, I mean, one of the goals that I used to try to do, like when I was pitching well. You know, wherever it would be, and I remember Jr. told us I'd be like, "Let's get out of this inning in like eight minutes." You know, that would, I'd sit on the bench and be like, "Let's see how fast we can do this." You know, let's get out of here in five minutes. Let's let's try to get let's try to get through my seven innings because you know, in, in the minors, they're they're not really stretching you obviously. So it was like you're on pitch count. So, mm-hmm. but if you got if you didn't even hit pitch count, they'd still pull you after seven. I used to be like, "Let's get through seven without them even turning the lights on yet." You know, like let's go as fast as we can. And that was always like a good relationship that I had with with Jr. Then and a couple other guys. And you know, there is like a su- serious bond between pitcher, pitcher and catcher. And sure. it's usually though only on game day because like the four days in between, all the all the all the ball busting and everything going on. Like you know, there's like you're starting. We've talked about the mm-hmm. clicks, the starting pitchers. You know, the the bullpen. You know who are the clicks for you, Katie? Like you, you were with some interesting groups. So we've got some names that we can fire out that we probably got to be careful of. But you know, and he'll be on soon. But we've got the McKellars of the world, the Engelbrooks of the world, and you've got a lot of others, I'm sure. So, so who'd you hang out with? What were some of the things you did that is uh, legal to talk about? You know, like how how were some of the times in the clubhouse? Man, you're asking me the most difficult question uh, possible as far as what I'm allowed to share about yeah. those human beings. Uh, my group, I, you know, when I look at that, I had my three guys. I mean, Josh Mickey was always my – Josh mm-hmm. was my, my roommate for two years. Uh, Rory Shortell uh, was yep. my guy. He was my roommate in spring training every year. And then Matt Albers, mm-hmm. um, who was with me from day one, uh, same – you know, he was my locker mate right when I first reported to spring training. Uh, then, then you have the guys like Chance Douglas or Mitch Talbots. Oh, the Chance world. Douglas, I mean, he's, he's, the the all time master of burning CDs for everybody or DVDs for bus trips for four dollars. He ran a full time I mean, business out, out of spring he, training out of his spring training hotel room for everybody. He, he did, man. He, yep. he well, you know what? I mean, he did because I mean back then that was the that was the modern day technology. 
you know, that was, that was what, what you needed. And, and only certain people had that skill set. And if you either had that skill set or that piece of equipment, you couldn't produce that business. And, yep. you know, and, and as you see technology evolve today to what it is now, but that, it's funny. I mean, I haven't thought about that stuff since, since being in the moment on that, but uh, I mean, minor leagues, it's fun. I mean, my, my favorite Matt Albert story was, and it, it's a, it's a great story for the minor leagues. It's we were going from Corpus Christi to, uh, or I'm sorry, we were going from Springfield, Missouri to Midland, Texas. And we left Springfield on a Wednesday night to drive to Midland, Texas, which I want to say it's probably 11, 12 hour bus ride. It, it's one of the longer bus rides in the Texas league. And we get about halfway through and our bus breaks down and you're, you're stuck. I mean, it, it's, it's the middle of Texas in the summer. We're all hot, sweaty. They're talking about bringing on a new bus. You know, we're out there for four or five hours, uh, like sweating. And it's, it's five in the morning, four in the morning. And it totally minor league story. I mean, it's exactly everybody what you has. Everybody has this story somewhere else in the Texas league on a highway somewhere. This happens somewhere. Everywhere, right? it, it, yeah. It's the same story, just yep. different lens. Yep. Um, and I remember we we get in the we finally get our new bus and we're driving to the ballpark and we're about two hours away, three hours away. Um, Seven o'clock game. They were not going to cancel it because it was Thirsty Thursday. And Thirsty Thursday for Midland Texas was a big draw, big time, and huge, Matt, Matt huge was, Still Matt was starting that night. And, and I was starting catching that night and Dave Clark made the bus pull over and grab, make everybody in the starting lineup, grab their bag with their uniform on it, get dressed on the bus because we weren't going to get there till six o'clock, six fifteen in the at night. And the game started at seven. <laughs> this so, is terrible. This is a terrible story. So, I know how this feels. Getting up, getting up and doing stretching yeah. and calisthenics on the bus. <laughs> a little stretch. So I'm in full uni. I have my shin guards on. I'm, I'm doing, I'm like stretching my quads in the middle aisle of the bus leaning all the way back just to get stretched, you know, stretching my arm. Albers is doing all this band stuff and everything else. And we walk off the bus, it's 615, 620, and we go straight to the outfield to start warming up. And our team kind of walks out and, and we go out and Albers throws, uh, I think he threw like seven, two third innings, uh, shutout, gave up like two hits, had like 12 punch outs. And it, it was just a, it was prototypical Matt Albers. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just, it, he just rolled out of the bus had his uniform on, didn't care what he looked like. Just, yep. you know, he probably did two stretches and then rolled out and just dealt. Max, we got to throw in a picture of Matt Albers into yep. this because prototypical Matt Albers is like what you wouldn't think a finely tuned, like, machine on the mound would be. But how he pitched for like 10 years in the big leagues, right? I mean, he was on the Red Sox for Dude. a while. He was all over the place for a while. And he just, like, lengthened that career out. He had a great career and he, he is the definition of what a pitcher does not look like. Yes. Um, and, and, yes. And, and I don't mean that in any negative way. He just, Matt Albers is Matt Albers. Mm-hmm. Um, he is going to, he's just naturally gifted and he's, he's an extreme competitor. I mean, the guy competes his butt off and yep. he's not going to win the work ethic game. He's not going to win the uh, out. Thank you game. He's going to just win the, I'm going to, I'm just going to beat you game. Yep. And he was talented. He could throw it. I remember. I remember being talented. in uh, a league camp at one time with him, and he, when he was down in Houston working out, and he was, he was, he was. And then you see him on TV, and you're like, "How did this guy get there?" You know, you know, he has a talent, but like in terms of like what they necessarily were looking for, like we said, where like you look like the six five starting pitcher, first round guy, the, all this and that. He just he he wasn't. But hey. I mean, I'm sure he's just kind of. Probably hanging out now. You gotta have my guess. You're looking I'm for sure, the one you know, contract. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm sure he's. Yeah, you're out. looking for the one contract. That's right. I've got I've got this from Tip's perspective on beating a guy. Does it come from the catcher on when it happens mm-hmm. and and 
you know, I mean, what, what's going on in this your is head? Such a when Dan you, football question. Oh, I love. I yeah, love, he, lo- I love he loves about this question. People. He likes like thinks that's like what the makes best you want to bean somebody, and what's your best one? Oh man, my my best one is probably my favorite minor league story. But uh, it, as far as who it comes from, it it just depends. I mean, sometimes could he look at you the wrong the way? Page. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, well, it's it's just you know it's it's a feeling. You know, it's that kind of feel. You just kind of know. Uh, there's a variety of different stories or circumstances or chain of events that could lead to it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it could be uh, just from the guys just dominating you and doing well, or the guys, you know, just a clown and you just don't like the way he plays and he's showing you up or, you know, something's kind of falling in line on that. But I remember uh, Vladimir Ballantine in Corpus Christi. Um, he had, he went three for, he went four for four off us. And his last, uh, his first four at bats, he had four bombs. So he had four. He's four, four, four bombs. And I remember that oh, this, night. Dave there's already grounds for punishment on this. They're like, yeah, you're getting hit on this. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and I didn't, I wasn't catching. Jr. House was catching that night, um, but Jr. was telling me he was trying to get these guys to hit him, but it, nobody did it. So the next day, um, you know, or that night, Clarky comes in and he flips over a table and he's pissed that you know we didn't try to stand him up or we didn't stand up for our teammates. And he just made a big statement. So I was catching that night or the next day. It was a Sunday day game. Uh, we go through the we're, we're on the road. We're in San Antonio. We go three up, three down. Vladimir Ballantine's sitting third. Uh, you know, we get the first two outs. Then Blake Gallon's pitching. Uh, first pitch, fastball in, drill him. All benches clear. I mean, it, it, or I'm sorry, the benches did not clear. Everybody came out. There was a lot of talking mm-hmm. going on, everything else. And uh, next thing you know, we get to the next inning. John Fagan's leading off. First pitch hits him right in the back. Well, while that well, when that happened, I still had my I hit you know eighth or ninth or something like that. So I, I kept my shin guards on. When John Fagan went up to plate, I put my my helmet on and my mask on and my shin guards on because I'm thinking we're gonna brawl. Something's yeah. gonna, gonna happen. So You're first prepared. pitch, they, yeah. I was prepared. I mean, so first pitch hits Fagan in the back and we all just sprint out and it was just melee. I mean, it was probably you know, I've been a part of a few of those, but it was one of those brawls that would have made you know. It, Technology and information was disseminated like it is today. It would have been everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, Somebody's got that on video somewhere, though. It's hanging out somewhere. There's a video of this somewhere, it, for sure. It, it does. Here's the best part about the story is that that team, they had this guy named Sebastian Boucher on their team, a left-handed hitter. Uh, and at the time, they were the Seattle Mariners. Sebastian Boucher was it was probably you know 40% of the way done through the year, was hitting you know 110. He was a leadoff hitter, and he wasn't performing very well. He's easy out. You know, hit with a wet newspaper, you know, never mm-hmm. worried about him. I was hitting like 340 at the time. So I remember on the bottom of the pile and people are taking us off each other. And I remember telling him how bad he was. I told him he didn't even belong in this league because he's only hitting 140 because I just knew those stats as a catcher. Yep. Come to find toward the end of the year comes around. I hit 160. He hit 340. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, flip The next fight, it was different. Yeah. What's the, the next fight? But only he and I know that story. Yeah. Uh, or, yeah or he and I kind of comprehend that. But I followed that along once I opened my big mouth and was was running my mouth uh, mm-hmm. about that. And I, that's when I learned in baseball. It's it's a humbling sport. What's the, what's the sign for being in somebody? Is it what oh, we think well, it is? Oh yeah, it is. It, well, it's it's usually it change just a head out? nod. Well, usually talking about it the you, inning before. Do you have to give a sign? <laughs> you don't have to. If you you usually talk about it the inning before, but I mean, Katie might have had a different way to do it. But I kind of knew when it was coming. I knew I knew when the catcher wanted something, or when the manager did. It depends. But I mean, it's an unwritten rule, Dan. What's your answer on that, Katie? Yeah, I mean, there was times where you knew going into a game that you might, and then you would give a certain sign to that pitcher. 
you know, what that was, whether it's thumb pointing towards the pitcher, whether it's pointer finger, mm-hmm. uh, or for the most part, you talked about in the dugout, Hey, if, if you get these first two guys out first pitch, uh, we're, we're smoking the guy in the back, or if there's a man on second one out, yes, but man on first, you know, we'll call it a wash. We'll move on to the next day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're planning this like sometimes months in advance. Yeah. I, I think <laughs> like this might be my favorite baseball topic. Yeah, it is. Your it's de- it is your favorite. It. It's not. Dan wants to think that it's like middle finger down and that's like a movie, yeah, but know. it's just not, it's just, it's not, it's not exactly how, how that works, but no, um, yeah. that, that gets you in trouble now. It does. Hey, this is the transition of a lifetime right now, though, because <laughs> yeah, I, I'm about this. to roll in from, from all this, you know, being on the bottom of the pile, you know, being a being a, a guy that's like, you know, a grinder, catcher like this. Now you're running and started maybe one of the most incredible technology companies that I've seen in sports, like just watching the stuff that you guys have. And we'll, we'll plug some of this stuff in, Max, so we can see it. But, I mean, what you're doing with Baseball Cloud, like the ball R thing that you have, like we're going to talk about this for, for a little bit here because there's a lot. How did you get to do this? You know, first of all, I know you did something right when you were done playing first for a while, and now you're in this heavy. But, I mean, everything you're doing is incredible with this, and I know it's a massive topic now. And, and Dan and I kind of go through this, you know, analytics thing and, and mm-hmm. like whether you're watching tape or you're looking at charts. It's not what it was, you know, when we were playing. Like I saw a heat map once in a while, right? You like, I, I mean, I have a notebook that I still have that I used to sit in the stands and jot down like some notes on some people as to like what I could do to like get guys out. Run us through this. How did you get to do this? And first of all, how did your how does your brain able to handle this? Because I didn't think that you had this type of brain, but I guess you do. Baseball, you know, cloud. <laughs> baseball cloud, right? Uh, baseball cloud. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I I don't have this brain. Um, uh, that's that's the interesting part about it. And quite honestly, I I kind of believe that that's going to be the part that leads us to the promised land with this information. Is I don't have the technology brain. I have a baseball brain. And for me, you know, I, I, I learned about this whole revolution happening because it kind of on accident is I'm, I was never a data guy. I never believed in it, never understood it. Um, it, it was already here, you know, after we'd already been out of the game and then looking back on it, you realize that the day in the age of, you know, Moneyball and what everybody knows as data and analytics, that was actually like statistical analytics. Right now what's happening is, is there's just technology coming into the place into the marketplace and creating data analytics. And it's basically putting in objective analysis to so many different facets of the game to help you understand what, what and why you are doing. Um, And we're in this whole big revolution with the game, but prior to being in baseball cloud and being in technology, um, when I got done with baseball, I went into the financial advising world. So I ended up building a business over 13 years and, you know, I was very fortunate. I made a great business. I represented over 30 major league players. Um, I had some really, really big names, guys that, you know, were, uh, you know, superstars of today. And uh, as a result of that, I just started kind of diving into what's getting them paid and, and how is their contract working and what's, what's, why are certain guys getting paid and certain guys not. And it was with Jose Batista going through like his whole kind of contract negotiation and, and seeing the, the Blue Jays treat him a certain way and not pay him they were really referencing a lot of times the, the data, how his data was declining. And ultimately what happened at that point for me was Major League Baseball just for the very first time had data to validate why they why you should not sign a guy to a, a contract at a certain age because, you know, it's not that, you know, 
the average guys to decline because of their batting average or their home runs decline. It's because their bat speed slows down or their exit. They don't hit the ball as hard. They're not as strong. There's a turning point for everybody. And they just went in and said, Hey, this is why you're not hitting. So hitting 330 anymore or hitting 45 home runs. Mm -hmm. And because you started declining on this objective information, the likelihood of you being able to increase your strength again as age goes on or increase mm -hmm. your speed or increase your bat bat angle, you know, or bat speed, whatever it is, is very unlikely. So you've already started that down her down downward trajectory. Yep. So, you know, no more. So it was that time I called a guy named Wes Johnson, who I got a chance to know because I was coaching in a college summer league. I was the head coach and I was recruiting my team and I was I was kicking the crap out of all these coaches. I was winning the league. I had the the most wins of, of all these coaches and these guys were all doing this full time. But I was in a suit and tie all day. But, you know, going out and coaching, you know, a 50-game schedule, six days a week, some of the best college players in the country. So I got a chance to know all these coaches. Well, I knew this guy, Wes Johnson, knew about this data. He, he really integrated it. And I got on a call with him, and, or, and he was showing me all this stuff, and he was showing me this massive spreadsheet. And I'm like, Wes, that's not what I'm talking about. I want the data. He goes, Kev, this is the data. That was the time for me that showed me how dumb I am at doing this, is that that was data, but what makes it useful is software. So mm -hmm. the ability to take this information, data is just information on a spreadsheet. So when you hear the term data, every one of these devices that captures whatever the heck they're capturing, they're just giving it to you on a spreadsheet, every single one of them. Well, then I said, well, why don't you have something to make it useful? And he said, well, I have to make that myself. So that's when I just went down this rat race of understanding data and saying, man, you know, what's going on right now is this technology revolution is you can't have data unless you have technology. So this new technology was capturing all this cool stuff, very, very valuable stuff. And nobody knew what to do with it. Um, it, it ended up it, at the time, I mean, I was kind of starting all this before it became popular on social media with everybody, you know, talking about these launch angle drills. The launch angle revolution and spin rate revolution kind of happened about a year after I started the company. And, and it allowed me to say, everybody's blaming the data because the, these coaches are just are using this information poorly. It's not the data's fault. Right. It's mm -hmm. the people, you know, it's the bad coaches fault. Cause before data and before technology, you and I, we had a lot of bad coaches, mm -hmm. but guess what? We didn't have, they didn't have technology and they didn't have social media to expose them. So right. now you get the double edged win on that is why does this information get bad, get a bad name? Well, it's because everybody thinks it's a, uh, they, they look at it and they, they think it's a philosophy. Data is not a philosophy. Okay. Data is the information, mm -hmm. the philosophy you want to create off of the data. That's up to you. That's where the problem lies. Because when I look back at my playing career and I always, everything we do, I always go back and say, how would I use this and how would this make me better? But you know, as a smaller guy, I believe data is going to be the key to unlock a, a lot more, create a lot more big leaguers because it's going to allow them to, you know, everybody thinks it's going to overcomplicate it. I think it's going to simplify it because mm -hmm. when I was trying to figure out whatever stance I wanted to create to, I needed to create more power. I need to hit the ball harder. I needed to hit less fly balls to right field, whatever it would be. How do I know what stance is going to be the best one for that? Mm -hmm. How do I know what, where my hand should be? How, how should I know what my thought process should be? Well, that's all you can now objectively capture that information. And if, if you could, then let's do it and say, rather than search around trying to find different things, well, you know what you're doing well, what, what, you're, what it looks like when you're doing well, and then when it goes sideways, 
it's going to be a clear sign of what you're doing poorly. So you think it's ma- going to be that easy? You think Major League Baseball was just using it as contract negotiation, like a like a like a like a bargaining chip at first, and not really yep. saying, "Hey, here's here's bringing this to the coach, and we're going to try and get this guy better. Bring this, you know, we're going to try and get the team uh, team better and get more wins." And they're just starting out like, "Hey, all right, you're going down or you're going up. Yeah, we're going to give you the to, money." But were able they to prove it really, or were they using it to make their players better? And then at that point, and you know, with your idea, you're just like, "I'm going to bring this mainstream, and this can actually be a tool for people to use." Yeah. Well, first, I'll say the the number one premise and the number one focus, and it's going to be the it's going to always be our focus, and it's always going to be our mission is to help players get better. Like that, that is my number, that is my mission at my core. Mm-hmm. Um, and we want to control the variables of it. But to answer your question of how they were using it, remember the first time they started using this stuff, they didn't know how or why they were using it. They were just using it. And in order to that, and that's always the first step of applying new technology to something because you can't know how to use something until you know what it means. So then at the end of the day, as they started using this information, they were going in and saying, okay, well, what is, what were correlations to success? So a good example, the more data that you have, the, the more meaningful you can make it. Well, the, the first thing and the biggest example I always use is the whole vertical movement number or the whole spin rate number, like just that storyline. Well, basically in a nutshell, and it's a little bit more complicated than this, but not really, if you have a high spin rate and a high vertical movement number, those are the guys that the old school guys would say they have a sneaky fastball. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you have a low spin rate, low vertical movement, those are the guys that you say throw a heavy ball. Well, the guys that have the the high spin rate, high vertical movement, those guys get a lot more swing and misses up in the zone than the guys with low numbers. Well, I didn't know that. How the hell do you know that? No, it was, you it know, was, it, I remember I, I didn't Felipe, know that. Felipe I, did, Paulino, I didn't know that either. Right. Felipe Paulino. You probably, you probably know that name, Katie, right? Through like ninety eight miles an hour, it was the softest ninety eight mo- miles an hour in the world. It was, it was like it was it was like an eighty People mile an hour fastball, right? But then you had somebody, you know, and I mean, uh, you know, if I threw if I threw ninety, right, like I was like kind of like you know, I I'd hit a little bit higher than that once in a while. But if I was throwing eighty nine ninety, that was when I was at my best because it was a heavy heavy like ball down down in the zone, moving a lot. So. But those are the only terms that we use, right? Like like you said, Katie, it was like, hey, why is this fastball so light? And why does this guy get shelled? Or why is this guy throwing 88 and gets everybody out? You know, like that was kind of how, how you, nobody had an idea. And this was 2007, 8, right? It wasn't that long ago, yep. right? So, yeah, yep. that, that makes a ton of sense. And you explained it well with there's, there's a statistical data. Yeah. Right, which is kind of the money ball thing yep. that you and I talk about. And then there's like you're talking about these spin rates. Is it is that the most common one, Katie? Is spin rate just like blowing everything else away? Is it the what's the most common thing that people are using, you know, baseball cloud or saying, Hey, like how do I how do I get this information? Like this is what what I need or what do people want the most out of you guys? It's it's honestly this is what I'd say has been the biggest opportunity and or the biggest challenge for us is that there's no one common metric that anybody has us focus on is yep. everybody's running their own rat race on this stuff um, and everybody's looking at it from from many different lenses but ultimately what ends up happening is the more data that you accumulate and it's kind of the position that we've been very very fortunate to put ourselves in is the more data you accumulate the more and the easier it is to say what to do with it. Because if you, you know, if it's great that, you know, I have a six year old son, but I think about if I was a parent and my son was 13 years old and he threw a bullpen 
and somebody came up and said, Hey, your son throws 92 and he, but he, and he has a 2200 spin rate and a 20 vertical movement number. Well, I'd say, well, great. 92 sounds good. The other numbers, I don't know what the hell yeah, they I know what that means. Yeah. I mean, I have trouble so, knowing what that means. Like, I'm actually, I, I I'm actually he, I, like he's, yeah. he's explaining things very well, but he's <laughs> saying terms and rates and all that stuff. I'm yeah. just sitting here shaking my head. Like, yeah, I know what that is. <laughs> yeah. I know, well, I know exactly what that is. So 2200 spin rate, like talk to us about like a, a, an all-star big leaguer right now. Like, you know, cause we hear about this a bunch that watch a lot of baseball, but like, what's a big spin rate that's out there? You know, like what are Draz trying to get to? What's the reach, you know? Well, and, and that's what makes data so fun. And that's mm-hmm. what makes baseball cloud so valuable because it's not one data metric yeah, or it's, it's not bunch. one thing. Yep. It's you got to have the whole story, you right. know, because a guy with a high spin rate uh, on a curveball that all that means is that he has a high spin rate, you know, right, that, right. that's all. But, but now then you start diving in deeper to say, okay, guys with that kind of spin rate, this is, you know, if you have all these other characteristics that has proven to not have success or guys that have this spin rate, if, if you're going to have that spin rate, it has to move this much or throwing this part of the zone only, because if you throw it in this part of the zone, you're going to have a, a lot of success, but if you miss, you're going to get hammered. Well, that's data to say, Hey, I got a curveball that's high risk, high reward. That's all that means, mm-hmm. you yep. know, and knowing that and what kind of pitcher you, do you want to become? And just helping you apply that information. I mean, there's there's so many simple ways to use it, but there's a lot of very very complex ways to use it. And I think Major League Baseball had they had a journey ahead of them. Is that they they can only use it in the way that they they had to take it step by step. They could not use it for player development until they actually knew what it meant. Right. Well, the only way that they knew what it meant was to capture a ton of it. So you have to go through this like awkward it's like dating stage with something. But then you have idiots out there that try to accelerate the learning curve of being experts mm-hmm. after, you know, using it for a year. And then they start teaching you to, you know, step in a bucket, you know. Yeah, let's put the elbow away. Yeah, doing something yeah, that's crazy. Like, I've seen a ton of it. You know, yep. try to throw a banana, whatever the hell it is. I mean, it's nuts. But, okay, and I look at it and say, tell me that, that drill. Show me the data that, of what it's helping you do. Yeah. That's all I, I care. That makes a lot I, I'm of not going to say that throwing that banana is going to be bad, uh, but you better prove it to me that, how many people have gotten better and what have they gotten better at from right. throwing that damn banana? We've, uh, right. we've talked a lot about the different mentality of players nowadays from when we played and, you know, what they're into, how they learn, what they respond to. Um, I think, you, you know, the popularity of baseball isn't what it was in the past. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, from a fan perspective, how can this change that? And obviously maybe this, you know, now they're looking at stuff from the game right instantly from an iPad, you yep. know. So I could see how it could bring back bring back players to the game. I think can it, Dan, bring, can it bring the fans back. I think Dan might be asking, how do we eventually bet on this stuff? <laughs> Real time <laughs> data. Got a 3, you know, like, how, do we, how are we able to? Is there going to be live betting on this eventually someday? Right, but no, that's a good question. Thank Dan. you. Yeah. yeah. So, it, and and the answer to that question is yes. And I'm going to tell you the two biggest. Uh, I, I'd probably say the, the two biggest elements and variables of what I'm betting on and where I see baseball clubs going is twofold is gambling. The two most important words that uh, anybody has to understand about the future of baseball and, or all these other sports, it's gambling and data monetization to the players, because pretty soon here, the data is now going to be used as just like a musician's albums or songs mm-hmm. is now you're going to be able to see a player's or purchase a player or access a player's data and compare it to yourselves, compare it yep. to you. 
you can see what Mike Trout does, mm-hmm. how he moves, what his bat speed is, what it is at a Division One level, what it is as, as, at a Division Two level. Mm-hmm. I think data, when it's all shapes out, is going to have the biggest impact on accelerating and growing the game from a player, um, a player and family perspective mm-hmm. of understanding who they are. Because I think as a coach in the amateur world for 12 or 13, 14 years, listen, I have a six-year-old. We're delusional about our kids. We are. We, mm-hmm. we look at our kids. We're not properly equipped to evaluate our own kids. That should be a law. Yep. Is <laughs> you you got to be able to – we're not going to objectively assess our kids' ability, period. I have not met one parent that can do that. Yep. So if you can properly do it and accurately do it without, you know, without a parent getting mad at you, thinking that you don't like their kid, when you just say, hey, I'm sorry, your kid's not a D1 player – He's a D2 player. Yep. Well, I can't tell you, if I say that to a parent, they, they wouldn't talk to me for forever. It's right. like, I'm shaming them. Yep. What's what's wrong with that? That's where, but now you can show them and say, Hey, you know, he this can is where D1. they stack up. This is where the numbers where stack, they up. stack up. Yep. That's it. Yep. It's going to solve. It's yep. going to help that side way. And, and that's going to offset the, the negative effects that it has, especially as people get settled in and start understanding how to use this information. I mean, we got to look at the world and we, we take for granted how fast technology is going. And I saw a post on Twitter the other day and it showed a guy who was highlighting and showing what his emails looked like six years ago or seven years ago. I would have thought that that user interface of the email dashboard that he was on was from 1989. Mm-hmm. I know, it was it's, from like six crazy. years ago. I've seen this but stuff. but yeah. because, we, because we look at technology every day and the evolution of how we accept and see our emails, you forget how archaic some of that stuff was yep. and some of the, I mean, hell, six years ago, th- being able to do this uh, interview like this, that was right. like, what? Yeah. I actually didn't know Zoom existed until COVID, so. Well, yeah. Dan's been able to hang out for a few years <laughs> without having to use much technology. So now he's now he's getting back into the game of like having an email. So when Dan gets an email or two a day, That's it's a big fantastic. day for you. That's a big day. It's a big workload. So how do... Who uses this technology now, like right now? And then how do we find you guys, right? Like how do we find what you're doing? Who's going to use it, you know, and like, and go from there. Tell us who uses it. Yeah. So, so right now uh, our core customer base is we have 23 major league organizations using uh, our technology and and various elements of it. Some of them use all of it. Some of them use a a few snapshots of it Um, in college uh, in the 2020 season. uh, There was 153 colleges in the country, baseball and softball, that have what I call in-game data capturing, uh, 151 of them are using our, our product. Um, now, with the, the latest release of, as you mentioned, Baller and PitchR, that is going to be essentially our way of opening up You know what the same product, uh, much easier to use, much simpler interface, uh, the ability just to store where your fingerprints are, that's going to all be disclosed and, and opened up to the amateur high school market. Um, if, if anybody's looking for any information, it's baseballcloud.com. Uh, and really, we do most of our content, most of our information on Twitter, which is at baseballcloud US. Awesome. Um, but awesome. it's an exciting time. It's fun, man. It's, it's fun. Yeah. The, the that, game's getting ready to change. My last that's, question that's, that's on some, this. That's some cool stuff. We have two last questions. I mean, this stuff is unbelievable. That's, that's and some, I can't some, believe cool I'm stuff. more impressed that you're doing this, right? Like, this is coming from your brain. So, And I didn't know you that well, Katie. But I'm like, when I first started talking to you a little while ago about this and seeing what you're doing on, like, LinkedIn and everything, I'm like, wait a minute. Is, is he just, is he, like, repping this? Or is this something that he created? This is your thing. So is there another sport coming to? Are there other sports? I know baseball, softball. Can you do this with with soccer 
you know, can hey, you do this with football? Uh, like, I don't know if I other would, sports hey, are there yet. Spin but, rate on a football when you yeah. throw it, I think it'd probably yeah. be pretty similar. It, it's it, you can do this on at every sport. It, it's going to be done at every sport. Yeah. Um, uh, currently, we're looking at uh, uh, expanding our product line to another sport. Uh, I can't say at this time what sport it is, mm-hmm. uh, but it's and it's not tennis, but it's another very technologically advanced sport and how they're using this information. It's actually the sport that really should have, I should have launched it with from day one, but I didn't know the sport well enough. Um, but we've been approached recently about bringing this into, into uh, the other sport. If we guess so what right you now, tell us, <laughs> I already know the sport <laughs> he's talking about. He's basically, it's pretty, pretty self explanatory here. Yeah. Yeah. Golf, obviously. Yeah. Um, so, so for us, it, it's, it's about, you know, we, you know, we've been, we've been to the point where me and my partner, uh, my par- partner, Joe Slayman has, uh, and I have self-funded this whole thing. Um, we've been approached countless, countless times from the investment perspective. We just haven't been willing to, we haven't had the need to do that um, so far, but uh, I think based on all the demand and all the opportunities that are coming across our, our pathway now, uh, the time is right. We're going to start exploring some of those options here soon, but it, it's, it's, it, it is applicable to other sports and I definitely see it being, uh, if you have a child that's, you know, seven, eight years old or younger, it, it's just going to be the world that they grew up on. I mean, yep. it's just the facts of the matter. Totally right? agree. My son, my son knows how to use my iPad better than I do. Total, totally agree with you there. Um, softball question. Last one, easy one here. Favorite Gatorade color, KD. This is the last, this we ask everybody. He's this. definitely not going to say G2. I know that. I'm going to say, I'm going to say orange. Okay. All right. All right. So Dan's a red guy. I'm a yellow I'm guy. A so we'll guy. take orange. That's your your normal person. I'm not a yellow guy. Answer. I'm not a yellow yeah, guy. Yeah. Okay. I, I, well, I, I, okay. See, now we can throw. Katie and I so. are on the same page on that. <laughs> hey, I congrats, man. This is awesome. Like you're doing some cool stuff that like is I know huge in the world, and like you're you're a leader in it. So it's it's amazing to see. So I appreciate you coming on chatting. Um, we'll throw some stuff up at Max, you know, so that people can connect on it and. We'll talk to you soon, man. I'm sure we'll have you back. Once you launch yeah. the next sport, That's I'm awesome. sure we'll have you back. We're we'll ready for that. Sounds good. Okay. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Katie. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate All right. it. All right, Thanks, Thanks, man. See ya. Take care. Okay, we said there's going to be a team of the week. We've got one. Tuckahoe Sports. They actually have a couple different teams involved in. Like, So this is an indoor baseball softball facility. Um, they're down in Virginia. All right. They've got the Mid-Atlantic Orioles, both baseball and softball, and they've got the Lady Titans, both baseball and softball. I love these type of organizations, you know, and, yep. and your, your son's involved with like some, some indoor baseball, some travel baseball stuff yep. right now. And, and that's, yep. I mean, that's what I was always involved with. I, I would always go down on Sunday nights and hit down in Portland, Maine, you know, with, with my buddies. And then that was like the only time you did baseball stuff during the winter. Usually I looked at their facility. You just went in the batting cages, but yeah. Yeah. Batting cage. Yeah, stuff stuff has changed. Oh, their facility. I'm sure sure they are just yeah. Their facility is unbelievable. The building looks beautiful. Um, You know, they're they're a squad locker customer. You know, looking to move towards like being able to have an easier way to to provide you know direct to home uniforms as well, which is great. Um, We're making them team of the week. You know, one of our salespeople here is working with them. We want to help support them, support their coaching staff. You know, we love that they're playing. Yeah. That's, that's a big thing, right, Dan? That uh, it is. A, I mean, it's huge right now. You know, these kids it's, have been these kids have been through enough this year, and yeah. the fact that they can go, um, you know, especially to a place like this or any other place wherever mm-hmm. you live, um, you know, strongly suggest safely. 
but strongly suggest them getting back out and you know playing sports yep. and being around their friends and uh, you know, just from the mental aspect of it, that's mm-hmm. that's huge. And I just like you know, hey, maybe they're going to listen to this too. And hey, KD might you know, that, KD, you know what KD well, has exactly. is like, that's might be what they want. You know, hey. That's dialed in with it. I would I would you know encourage teams to keep reaching out with us on this. I mean, it's so exciting to just hear that they're going into seasons. Yeah, we went for through a year where people were like postponing, postponing, trying to scrap things together. You know, it's great to have this stuff. So yeah, I actually us, ran the send, score clock send us, the other night. Send us messages. Game. Yeah, send them in. Send them into the. Send, a, send us videos of some great plays or great games or Absolutely. you know whatever it is. Let us take a take a look at it and yep. Uh, hopefully we can we can get to you and get a shout out to you. Taco you Sports, you've guys got it. So it's coming your way. Congrats. Fast Our Prime is brought to you by Squad Locker. Squad Locker is your one stop shop for custom team apparel delivered right to your front door. Learn more by visiting squadlocker.com.